Hey everyone, this is Geshev. Welcome to the Lost in Life podcast. I am super excited today to introduce to you Josh Balding, the co-founder of one of the best protein powders and movements out there on veganism, nutrition, and self-growth. So keep listening. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. And this week I've got uh, an incredible guest. When I first started brainstorming uh, who I wanted to have on, this was one of the first names on the list. So hopefully you guys can feel my energy. And it's my real pleasure to introduce to you Josh Balding, who is the co-founder of an organization based in the UK um, called Vivo Life. And they are all about plant-based living. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Josh. Thank you so much for joining us. Big up. I appreciate the kind words. It really means a lot. You're super welcome. Um, I want to get straight into it. So the first question I actually have for you, and I think this would be a good introduction for the listeners, people who haven't heard of you, is um, what are some of your big successes and why should people listen to you in this podcast? Like, Why do you have the earned authority, as I like to call it? <laughs> yeah it's a good question because um sometimes well most of the time I still feel like I'm blagging it um, <laughs> so it, it's kind of like when, when you take a moment to actually reflect on like you know the last few years it it's um it's it's always an interesting one um but but yeah so um we are as you mentioned we're a plant-based uh, supplement company based here in the UK we actually launched in 2014 um it, back then it was kind of my my vision was to create like an online health food store and we actually hadn't even spoke about launching our own products or doing anything like that and so we launched it in 2014 um brought our own products to market in 2016 and since then we've uh, grown across um well we're, we're in like 42 different countries now um across europe across usa um starting to move into asia too which is really exciting um, and we're just trying to uh, use it as like a vehicle for conscious change, you know, just trying to um, inspire people to make more, um, more conscious changes in, in their own life, whether that's, you know, whether that's in the form of self-development or whether that's in the form of healthy eating, um, training, whatever it looks like. We want to use Viva as a vehicle to kind of, you know, just to point people in the right direction in their lives, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and, and, you know, like I've, I've followed, I mean, I've been vegan since 2010. And uh, I remember when I made the switch, you know, I was all about going to the gym, trying to make some gains, all that jazz. And I remember looking for a protein powder. <laughs> I bought this disgusting um, strawberry hemp protein, which um, all of my friends and family who tried just looked at me like, you are disgusting. You're <laughs> and that was back in the time where like being vegan wasn't really cool. Um, yeah, like, and I still think there's a lot of stigma around it. Where it's, you know you don't want to be that vegan at the dinner table who's um, making other people feel bad or on kind of some kind of moral pedestal. So I I personally don't like to mention it too much because I think um, with with anything that you're doing, it's important to allow people if they're interested to ask, and then I'll have the conversation. But you never want to enforce things. So the stuff that you're doing, especially you know like with your powders, first of all, they taste great. Um, but I'd love to find out a bit more about like the early stages of the journey and, um, you know, the, the, some of the challenges that you probably faced and, and also the why behind, like what, what is your long-term goal and, and why did you 
put your energy into starting this uh, plant-based living movement? Yeah, so do you know, it's really funny that you should mention the not so great tasting protein powders because that was us in the beginning. Um, we we really struggled to trying, you know, if, if you're making a protein powder that's made from completely organic, natural, whole food ingredients, sometimes getting the taste right is, you know, one of the hardest parts. And as you probably know, like the taste buds of someone who's who's been eating like a whole foods plant-based diet for a long time is very different to like the taste buds of kind of, you know, the mainstream person who's going to the gym and wants to find a protein powder that, that tastes like a strawberry milkshake, you know? So when we were originally making this, it was back in 2016, uh, we decided we wanted to make our own protein powder. And the reason being was because we had the health food store for two years and we felt that there was something, there was a big, big gap in the market. We felt that there was, you know, a lot, there was a big, a big need for a, a high quality organic plant-based protein powder that was, you know, made from natural ingredients. It was tested for heavy metals. It was, it was as, as good as they come. But so we were in my, we, we literally, we'd spend nights after nights in my business partner's kitchen and we'd be blending like these, um, like homemade protein shakes and we'd get our pea protein get our hemp protein get our um, maca cacao whatever it would be and mix them do you want to try it and, and everyone hated it for like the first six months it just tasted <laughs> terrible um so we 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 soon realized that our taste buds as someone who's you know used to eating more whole foods like i was like you back in the day i'd use like a a plain hemp protein or a plain pea protein just because it was you know the only thing that was available uh, so I was, I was kind of used to it, but I, I quickly realized if we wanted to tap into more of a mainstream market, we had to get the taste right. So we, we developed the flavors over, over the period of like two years, really. We just kept going back to the drawing board, um, kept experimenting. Eventually, we managed to hire someone who, was, who has much more sensitive taste buds than we do, so she could really, like, um, really refine the flavors and, and make them you know, taste as good as they do. And, and in, in terms of like the why as well, it's, it was very much to do with, so we set, up, uh, we set up the health food store in 2014 and basically our vision was to get the, the best plant-based supplements. Um, well, actually in 2014, it wasn't, it wasn't a completely plant-based store because I hadn't made my move into veganism yet. Um, so it was basically just an online health food store for supplements. But around like 2015, 2016, my personal values started to shift and I started to become much more aware of like the benefits of a plant-based diet, both from a health point of view and from an ethical environmental point of view. Um, and then as we were, you know, we were selling all of these brands, we'd sell um, brands like Vega, Sun Warrior, Gun of Life, all of the big brands that you'd heard of. But the closer we got to them, the more we realized that, well, actually, you know, we, we felt that we could, we could do it better. You know, there was these products that were big international names, but they were, they were getting busted left, right and center for having high levels of heavy metals in their products. They were, um, they weren't really using the most functional ingredients. You'd, you'd kind of see a, it seems to be a bit of a curve as a brand gets bigger, they will, you know, they, they hire more people and then they start cutting costs and you see brands that start with the right intentions to, to use, to make like a high quality product. They gradually over time, it seems to start getting less and less, you know, less and less focus on like the functional ingredients and more focus on, all right, how do we improve the profit margin? So we were like, well, we, we want to, we want to do this better. So we spent about a year, 18 months formulating our own product. Um, we found a contract manufacturer at the time who, who were great. They made the products for us. Uh, we would send them like our recipe and then they would make them 
Um, and, and yeah, what we did is we set that, we sat that in the health food store. So we had like 500 products um, that we were selling online, various brands, all different, you know, from all around the world. And we sat this protein powder in the health food store. And within three months, it was selling more than all of the rest of the products put together. And it was at, at that point that we, we decided that, you know, if we really want to make this work, we want to put our full attention into it. So that was like towards the end. Well, that was 2017, actually. So that was like the start of 2017. And, and that's when we said, look, we're going to have to drop all of the rest of the products and put all of our all of our focus all of our energy into this one and within about two weeks we'd, we'd got rid of 500 different brands and we only had this one product uh, and eventually over time we've we've grown that range and um added more products to it but um yeah so it, it was kind of like a big shift but i'm, I'm so glad we made it because it really allowed us to create vivo life as it is today rather than you know the online that's, that's so interesting because there's so many different <clears throat> things there that have I guess helped you make that transition you know both personally for you but as an organization as well um you mentioned there like you were teetering on the edge of switching over to veganism um what was the thing that made you switch and and why do you think it's it's important to go vegan in the first place yeah so that was again it was a big a big shift in my own life and it, it made me kind of really reevaluate um like my perspective on um on diet and nutrition um I was never I was never a huge meat eater uh, growing up certainly I was um my mom was vegetarian so uh during the week most meals would be mainly plant based um maybe there would be like some some eggs or some fish on the table or something like that um and then at weekends you know you kind of do what you want you might have kids around uh, your friends around when you were kids and um and you know just just eat whatever but it was only really when i was i'd say 16 17 you know you 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 get in the gym you start training and everyone's telling you oh you need you need to start eating meat if you want to bulk up and build muscle and i was like oh yeah i fell for it hook line sinker so i started pounding like chicken breasts and eggs and steak and everything like that for probably like three or four years um but felt horrible like my skin was a mess like my digestion was all over the place and it like health wise I really wasn't in a good place um but I started like looking you know for health in you know things like different supplements and different dietary patterns but it was it was only really when I made the ethical connection to veganism um that it really started to connect for me and at the time when I switched I was like oh I you know I didn't believe in the health benefits at all I thought you know I'm I'm going to lose all of my muscle mass I'm I'm going to be weak and tired and and but none of that happened and and the, the more i switched to a plant-based diet and and went fully vegan in like 2015 the better i felt you know all of my health issues cleared up um and also like i had a, a greater purpose behind it too because i now wasn't just my diet wasn't just for me it was actually you know i'm i'm making a, a better impact on the planet um i'm i'm contributing to less greenhouse gas emissions less co2 um less less animal you know less animals killed for to put food on my plate which was ultimately just just for my taste buds really there was no other reason for it because i learned that you can get everything that you need on a plant-based diet so um it became a no-brainer and and the more the deeper i got into it the more passionate i got about it and and that's what kind of became the why behind vivo life in in the sense that yes you know we want to provide people with the best supplements on the planet but we also want to inspire them to make positive changes in their own life whether that's whether that's going fully vegan or whether that's, you know, simply, you know, 
having a meatless Monday, eating less animal products, whatever it is, then we hope that Viva Life can kind of be be one of the brands. There's there's loads of people that are doing it. There's there's um there's influencers, there's celebrities now that are making veganism cool. Like you said in 2010, it really wasn't, and I can totally relate. Um, but now, like it seems to be, there's a big shift happening, and we want to be one of those brands at the forefront that are showing people that actually you can you can do everything you you wanted and more on a plant based diet. Yeah, and I, uh, one of the questions that uh, people were asking in the group, and, and I'm curious to hear this too, is where did the name come from? The, as in Vivo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so I can't take any credit for that. My business partner is half Italian. Um, okay. And uh, Vivo is, um, I don't want to botch the translation, but I think I'm pretty sure it's, it means life um, nice. in, in Italian or certainly Latin. And um, basically the, the, the name... Um, it's, it's like living life and living their best lifestyle, but it's also for everything else that's living. It's for the, it's for the animals, it's for the planet, it's, it's for the living, essentially. So it's about living like your best life whilst also living with respect and compassion at the same time. Yeah, what I, what I love about that is it's so counter to a lot of the ideologies and paradigms that a lot of people have been conditioned towards of, you know, like being very individualistic and thinking only of, how you can grow. And I, I really like that idea of, you know, making things more inclusive so that, yeah, you should grow, but also how can you do that in a way that nourishes the environment, the community that you're a part of? Because like, I think we forget, you know, we, we're very connected both to nature, the people around us. And I, I know it's like a very cliche thing to say, but we, we do kind of live this very isolated lives at, at times and it's difficult, right? To, to meet your neighbor, to get to know people on your street and stuff like that. But I think that's something that I didn't really know. I knew there was something behind the name that was probably cool. Um, so it's really interesting to hear that. Um, you talked a bit about where the whole veganism movement was back in 2010 and how it's evolved uh, over the last decade or so. Um, how do you feel about that? Like, do you think that we're going through a paradigm shift or do you think that it's just another kind of trend that we're seeing? No, do you know, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely not a trend. And the reason I say that is because you, you, you kind of almost probably this year for the first time that, that certainly I've been around the movement, you're almost seeing a bit of backlash towards it in the sense that it's getting bigger, but, it's now almost a lot of people are focusing on the people who are no longer vegan, people who are moving away from a plant-based diet. Um, I know actually, so one of my friends, um, he did Veganuary last month uh, for, the, for the first time with um, the Greg's vegan sausage roll and, and um, said, oh, I'd, I'd like to get the vegan sausage roll, please. And, and he actually got shouted at by one of their customers just saying that, you know, what are you doing? Why don't you get a normal one? And he said, like, in, in a way that made him want to, he wanted to, you know, go vegan even more because because of like the the backlash that was there. Um, but yeah, going back to going back to your question, the reason I know it's not a trend is because for me it, it's like it's a shift that needs to happen, right? Because if if the the planet is is getting more and more developed, there's more and more people being born every day, and if we're going to sustain human existence essentially you know without without running the planet into into the ground then something needs to change and the biggest contributor to um to climate change to greenhouse gas emissions to everything is animal agriculture it's it's the huge scale of factory farming that we have all over the world you know in there's thousands of acres of cattle farms with cows like you know really 
crammed into these these really tight barns that are they they see no daylight they they don't eat any they don't eat any natural foods they're being milked within like an inch of their existence and and that's not sustainable and in in order for us to kind of continue to to thrive as a as a race really as a human race that we something needs to change and i think people are waking up to it i think people are realizing that you know and and it may be that long term we we lose the v words vegan altogether and we just you know we all shift towards a more plant-based conscious living type diet because that's where we need to go we we've got like two billion people in the world that don't have access to enough food but we have enough we grow already grow enough food to feed 10 billion the world's population is 7 billion it's just not sustainable whereas if we cut out all of the animal agriculture and we were feeding you know that grain that that corn that soybean that all of those legumes to humans then we already have enough food to feed the world so from that point of view like it is a no-brainer and i think the more we can educate people on that then the more you know I don't believe there are that I don't believe that meat eaters are bad people at all. Like I was one, like there, a lot of my close friends are meat eaters, but it's just a case of making them aware of the bigger picture. And then I think that they would naturally be inclined to make a shift anyway. Absolutely. Um, and I think awareness is the key word you said there, because it's not always that you need to convince someone or persuade them or like force them to change. It's just pointing out to people here's how we live and here are the consequences. You know, what do you think is the best choice for you? Because education is a really key part of that. And um, I was part of the, well, I guess I've been doing the plant-based challenge for like 10 years, but um, I know in Veganuary, you guys did a little plant-based challenge where you're sending out recipes and things like that. Um, how do you see your organization, your business um, playing a role in some of those social missions? And, and like, where do you see yourselves going both with, you know, products you have on in the pipeline, but also being a part of that normalization of um, dietary change and planetary change, I guess. Yeah, again, like we just want to, we want to be the ones to make it cool and we want to be the ones that can actually make it accessible too. Because I think back in, if you look at when the vegan, the vegan movement began in like, you know, 70s and 80s, really, it, you know, people really started talking about it. A lot of the focus was on animal rights marches, people would, you know, there'd be slaughterhouse footage, all of this stuff. And whilst that does have its place, it's very, um, if someone was throwing like slaughterhouse footage in front of my face, I'd turn off and I'd be like, no, I don't want to see it. And I'd, I'd just blind myself from it. Whereas I, I think that a lot more people resonate with activism when, when it's actually done in a positive way. So when you see someone who is healthy and is, you know, it has like such a good energy about them and you know they they're performing well in the gym and they're performing well at work or whatever it is and you're like oh i want to know their secret and i i really want like the vivo community to be the people that can all right be out there we're we're living amazing lives we're um we're entrepreneurs we're um we're fitness models we're athletes we're whatever you know insert adjective here but we're showing people that this is the future and, it, and and people are going to want, want to know what we're doing. So like if you, if you see someone, you know, if you, you see someone at work who's excelling in their job and they are, you know, they're, they're more productive, they're getting more done, but equally they seem to have a better work-life balance. They're, they're, I don't know, they, they always look healthy. They, they maintain their weight easily. Then you're probably going to want to say, Oh, actually what's your secret. And then that's when I, I believe that 
the real change can be made. Um, so I really hope that Vivo in the next few years will will continue to grow and continue to like build a community that can actually show people that this is what the future looks like, you know? A hundred percent, man. Um, it, re- it reminds me of um, back at, uh, ages ago. I mean, after university, after I graduated, I volunteered for three months in Botswana working on women's rights and uh, um, in a shelter for teenage girls that have been sexually and physically abused. And while they were trying to educate the community about uh, raising awareness, but also, you know, speaking out more, one of the things that they always used to talk about was like they had a theory called Sasa. And it was all about when you're making, you know, marketing posters or you're talking to people, don't focus on the negative side, focus on the positive things like the aspirational behavior rather than victimizing or shaming people. Because like you said, it's going to turn people off. Um, It it reminds me of, I don't know if you've heard of this before, but um, they did a study in the University of Massachusetts, um, sorry, the Massachusetts General Hospital, where they were trying to get more people to drink water in the hospital canteen. And initially what they tried was the usual tactic of like scare stories. You know, this is what it's going to do to your teeth if you drink too much sugar. This is going to increase the risk of diabetes, all these things. And it, it didn't really affect the sales. Like more people didn't buy bottled water in the canteen. And so they decided like, what if we made the default choice buying water? And so in the canteen um, vending machines and, and where you get all the, like the drink stations, they just put more water at the front than at the back. So if you wanted the Coca-Cola, you had to reach to the back to get it. But the easiest default option was to buy water and, and, it, and it worked. Like more people started to buy those things because it was just more readily available. It was just the default option. That's so cool. Um, so yeah, it kind of reminds me of that. Of just like you said, you know, making it, like it's easy now. I can go to Tesco and buy like a vegan vegan Magnum. <laughs> so when my sweet tooth is craving something, I don't have to buy like some weird concoction of uh, ice cream. I don't know, like what's good. There's like so many <laughs> numbers in there, so many different chemicals. I mean, the Magnum yep. probably still has that, but um, it's a lot easier now. Um, uh, what, one of the other things that I'm really interested in from a personal point of view is um, you know, I run two organizations. I run a social enterprise called Revolution Hive. And uh, we work with young people from disadvantaged backgrounds all across the UK, teaching them the stuff they don't learn in the curriculum from personal, social and global topics. And um, the growth for us has been fairly slow. Obviously, we're in a different market. We're selling a different kind of service and the climate's different. But I've seen, you know, Vivo grow super quick in the last two to four years. Um, what do you think has helped? Like, how did you do that? <laughs> and I'm sure the answer isn't simple, but what, what do you attribute to that rapid growth? And, and what do you think you've been doing that's helped you to grow so quickly? Yeah, it's, it's a good question because I think sometimes I, I do ask myself that and like you, you, you have to, you know, sometimes you're so caught up in it, you know, moving from one thing to the other, you, you, need to take some time to take stock and it it has been rapid growth but I don't think I, I I look back at it and like I don't think we've ever done anything that's like I don't see one move that was like okay yeah this was genius this was you know this was clever marketing or I feel our biggest asset has simply been like transparency and and just kind of you know actually there, there's so many there's so many secrets and lies in the supplement industry there's so many companies that are you know, trying to draw attention away from their ingredients and trying to, 
um, deceive the customer by using clever buzzwords on their products and all of this, all of these things. And we were like, you know, we want to, we want to do things the right way and we want to offer full transparency to customers. So we want to show them everything that's going in there. We want to show why it's going in the product. We, we want to show how the product's being made and, and we don't, and then when you do that, you don't really need any, we, we never had a big advertising budget. We didn't, we never had like, um, you know, any of, any of this stuff, but we didn't really need it because we were, the product was selling itself. Um, so I think that was one part of it. And then I also think like the, you've touched on it already, the community side behind the brand, that was something that from day one, I was always really keen on building, um, making something that people, it wasn't just a product, you know, it was, it was something that people could be part of. And I wanted people to, yes, they love the products, but I wanted them to love the brand and resonate with the brand even more. And, and that's why we spend so much of our time and energy doing things like events, um, you know, making so much content, like I love to write. So I put so much of my energy into things like blog posts and emails and, um, social media and everything like that. And I think the more, the, the stronger we've built the community, the more people have wanted to become part of it. And, and now whenever we go to a trade show or whenever we, um, you know, we do a meetup with customers or something like we, it, it humbles me so much because people are saying like, you know, how much they love the brand and how much they really resonate with what we're doing. And, and, and then, you know what it's like when you feel part of something, you want to tell your friends about it and then your friends tell their friends and, and then things start to snowball. And because of that, we've never had, we've never had to pour loads of money into ad campaigns or, or really have to think, yeah, how, how are we going to stand out? Because it sort of happened naturally. What, what have been some of the like mentors or books or habits or even specific mindset um, perspectives that you've had that you think have helped? Like, what would your advice be to, um, other entrepreneurs out there or other, even just people trying to uh, achieve a certain goal? Like, what do you think has helped you guys? Yeah. So I think number one is having that bigger purpose behind what you're doing. Um, like I, you know, before I got into Viva, I, I did a number of things, but none of them really, um, felt like it, it was, it was something I, I really was passionate about. And when you, when you're kind of aligned with, with what you are passionate about, then you make it work. Like you find, you find everything to make it work. And the first two, the first two, three years of business for us were, were really, really hard. Like we were, we were scrabbling around trying to, trying to make an impact, trying to, trying to be different, trying to, you know, do anything that we could to stand out. But the thing that gets you through is, is believing in it because, you know, any, <laughs> you know, it's like as an entrepreneur, any same person would have given up a long, long time before you did. Yeah. But it's, it's because you've, because you've got that passion and because you believe in it, you you want to stick with it, and I I firmly believe it was that kind of resilience that that was able to get us through those early stages. And it's like it's like any business, you know, if if the if the passion isn't there, then you won't you won't see it through, and you won't be able to put in those those long days, and you won't be able to cancel um, you know dinners out with friends of a Friday night because you've you've got a you know pack a backlog of orders or whatever it is. You you wouldn't do that because it would never be your priority. Um, on the reverse side of that coin, like, so the first, the first few years was very much for, for me, it was like grind hustle. It was, it was like, get your head down and work as hard as you can to make this work. Cause it was like, cause it was, it was my dream to that mentality massively because I've learned that I'm just one person and I can't do it all. So I've had to invest time and energy into building a team into, you know, surrounding myself with other people who believe in what I believe in and actually giving them the responsibility and the trust to, to, to make decisions and to, and to, you know, make a difference themselves because 
otherwise you're just limiting yourself by your own resources and your own time and and you can't forever be the person that that you know answers every phone call answers every email um ships every order you have to take a step back and you have to trust people um and i've surrounded myself with people who are who are much much smarter than i am and what that's done is that's allowed me to to really play to my strengths i've been able to outsource the stuff that i wasn't so passionate about and i wasn't you know i wasn't even that good at to be frank um and and by surrounding myself with those people it's allowed me to focus on my strengths they can do the same and and we all kind of move the the business in the same direction so the 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 last couple of years it, it's been very much a shift i've i've found that balance back from from work and life which has been really really important to me um and the more headspace i create the better my quality of work is you know when, when i've got time to to you know take a weekend off and go surfing or to you know spend the first hour or two of the day um you know meditating working out doing some yoga whatever it is you're, you're actually more productive and your 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 output is better even though you're spending less time working so um like the first to to summarize that like the first couple of years like there's probably going to be it's an inevitable you're going to have to work hard and you're going to have to scrap and, and really get it done but then once once you've laid those foundations it's kind of about creating more space for yourself so you can be effective and you can be like you, you can play to your strengths too mm-hmm. and i think you you actually hinted at that at the beginning because you you talked about um switching over from from having multiple products and brands and things in your shop to deciding hey like this needs our full focus and i think uh, i know for myself as well like the some mistakes that i've made have been dabbling too much and trying to do too many different things or trying to switch lanes like oh maybe this will be better maybe i should do this maybe i should do this but actually finding um one thing and really doubling down on that and and mastering that one thing um what what was and i was when you were talking about that this question did come to my mind what what was the signal to you like yeah this is where i need to go all in so in terms of so when we switch from the from when we switch from the health food store to yeah to uh, going like because i guess it's it's quite a in in a way it could be quite a scary thing because you know everyone has multiple passions but it's knowing like which thing to really focus your time energy attention on yeah it it really was but i think the the biggest shift for us was like making an impact and and what we found is you know the, as we learned more about the brands we were stocking and got closer we really felt that we could do something better and there was there was no one on the market doing it like us um and doing it like what we wanted to do so we just said look we need to give this our full attention if we if we want to make the impact that we want to make uh, again, this coincided with my own switch to to a plant based diet, and I, I had the greater mission behind it. Uh, we were we were like, you know, we we need to we need to go all in on this, and like we we just didn't at that point we didn't care what it took. Like we were we we just wanted to to pour our pour our hearts and souls into it, and and thankfully it worked out. You know, things could have been things could have been very different, but I I just I just think you know those that that six month period of of you know, really hustling and getting it done was was what was allowed us to kind of get the leg up. And then from there, you start to gain momentum and things and things become easier, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, the, the dream is free, but the hustle is sold separately, right? So at the beginning, you've got to put, um, like a rocket ship, uses 80% absolutely. of the on takeoff. You, you've got to put the long hours in. You've got to get your hands dirty. Um, but at the same time, once you've done that, it's about knowing, okay, let me now change my role and let me do what the organization and the even more importantly, the mission needs me to do. Um, One of my favorite quotes is uh, from the Dalai Lama. He said, 
when we reach beyond the narrow confines of our own self-interest, our hearts become filled with strength. And it, it really reminds me of, you know, when I'm, when I'm trying to do something just for me, like I'll, I'll try hard, but if it's like, you know, my mom needs help or my brother calls me up and says, Hey, like I'm stuck in a pickle. Can you help? Like immediately everyone knows this feeling, right? Of you, you naturally just do more and you, there's so much more in you that latent. Absolutely. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and again, just, just going back to, to what we, I know you mentioned books as well, the story, but the, one of the first business books that I read was, have you heard of the, the four hour work week by yeah, Tim yeah, Ferriss? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so I was like, um, yeah, that, that looks, that looks amazing. This was before I got into business or anything. And I was like, yeah, like that's the lifestyle I want. So I'll set up an online business and I'll work four hours a week. It'll be, it'll be easy. Um, and, and it really didn't work out like that. You know, you, the first, the first couple of years, you, you really do have to put everything into it. But I, if someone had told me when I read that book that, okay, yeah, you can set up an online business and you will be able to get closer to that four hour working week in the future, you'll be able to create a job that you love and, and do something that you're truly passionate about. But it's it's going to take you like probably five or six years to get to that place. I'd I'd have I, being realistic, like I probably would have said, "Nah, I'm all right. Like I'm going to stick in my comfortable job." Mm. But but I didn't realize it at the time, and I kind of really had that motivation of I wanted my own boss, and 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 now you know, thankfully, you're as you build a stronger team, you you can kind of move towards having more freedom. But I feel that I I had to earn that place like it wasn't it wasn't it didn't come easily at, at all um so now like you know having more freedom having more time to myself i'm i'm truly so grateful for it because it i, I sort of have seen the other end of it as well yeah and no, i like i i fully uh, i mean i've read this i read i had a similar journey um and it is always sounds sexy when you see it on the book cover <laughs> and you read yep. all the hacks and you're like okay yeah i'm gonna get a virtual assistant on off work and bam like <laughs> and money just coming into my um, yep. and and yeah like there is no hack uh i imagine you probably worked more than like 40 hours a week 60 hours a week at the beginning but now is the time where um because you have that team and you have the resource but at the beginning like there's there's no there's no shortcut like if you're running a marathon you gotta get the blisters and go through the pain of a 6 a.m run if you need to before work 100 percent, man and and you learn to be grateful for those blisters too because like they they do tr- it sounds so cliche but they do truly make you stronger and i i firmly believe if if someone could have like plucked 2013 me and put him like where we are now in business and and to have the success that we've had over the past couple of years i truly don't believe I'd, i would have appreciated it because i wouldn't have known what it took to get there so I'm I'm grateful for every 5 a.m. alarm clock. I'm grateful for every, you know, late night spent at the computer doing packaging designs or launching a website or whatever it was like, because that doing that has allowed me to kind of be, be truly sort of grateful for, for where I am now. Yeah. No, I, I also imagine like you've, you've become a different person along the way. So even if you took that 2013 you and put it in this working functional <laughs> structure, you'd have had no chance. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. He he would have he did he'd have he would have drowned in a couple minutes. Yeah, and, and in, in uh, like you you kind of brought me to uh, the next part of what I wanted to find out about, so which is uh, routines. Um, what what does your routine look like right now? So it's it's kind of um, it's very different depending on where I am in the world. Like I'm my my routine 
has it now involves a lot of travel which i'm again truly grateful for like when i when i set up the business i always wanted to be able to travel a lot which is why we we set up a virtual business in the first place um but like my anchor really is as like i i do prioritize like a good morning routine so you know first thing in the day i i will prioritize meditation like i i i want i kind of want to be one of the people that says that you know i do something different first thing in the morning but like it, it's completely my anchor. If I can get 20, 30 minutes of meditation in the morning, then it just makes me a different person throughout the rest of the day. Um, so I, I lock that in. That's a non-negotiable exercise first thing in the morning, whether that's like going out for a run or just, you know, doing like a yoga flow in the morning. Um, and then like I will, I'll nail my, I'll, I'll sort of nail like my most important task in the first two or three hours. Like I, I feel that those hours, especially because I, I get up early wherever I am, like those those first two or three hours are the most important for me. So I don't turn my phone on until like 10, 11 a.m., sometimes later. Um, and I make sure whatever, I write it down the night before, whatever I need to do that the next day, whatever the most important thing is. And it could be as simple as um, write a blog post or it could be as simple as, you know, I need to, um, I don't know, prepare social media for the week or whatever it may be. Then I make sure I nail that before. I turn on any email before I turn on any phone. So, cause that's when the distractions come. Right. So, so I make sure that that's done. And then even if I achieve nothing else throughout the rest of the day, even if I turn my phone on and, um, I don't know, my best friends call me and he's broke up with his girlfriend day because I've got that most important task done. So I write that down in the evening. Um, I sort of go for my prep in the morning. I, I do my meditation. I do my sort of exercise, have a cold shower, have a little bit of breakfast. And then like, I'm, I'm sort of prioritizing that before I prior, prioritize anything else. Mm. You, you said something deep that I think a lot of people might miss. You have a cold shower. Why would you do that? <laughs> oh, did I? Uh, yeah, I try to skip over that one. That, that's been a, a little habit that's come on um, in the past couple of years. I've got obsessed with, uh, you, you've heard of Wim Hof? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's an absolute legend. Yeah, he's a G. I've been, I've been obsessed with his, his work over, over the past couple of years. But um, obviously, there's, there's a physical benefits that come with it. Uh, they're, they're being talked about more and more, like it, it reduces inflammation, it boosts your immune system, it makes your body more alkaline, all of that stuff. But even if that didn't, even if none of that existed, like I would still do it because it's, it's a way of the dial and make it warm and have that nice sort of comfortable shower experience. But if you, if you can force yourself to do it, I think it's such a metaphor and, and sets the tone for the rest of the day because you're, you're, you know, you're putting, you're putting your body in a place where you don't want to be and you're learning to deal with discomfort and to deal with, you know, not, not things not being perfect. And then I think it allows you to, you know, do, do the difficult stuff for the rest of the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Like, I think um, for me, what I, I went, I don't know if you ever heard of Vipassana, um, yes. Yes. Yeah, so I went on a retreat of a couple of years back and cool. that really taught me the importance of, you know, at a micro level, if you can learn to sit in the discomfort and just watch it pass, like that little thing, even just sitting cross-legged for an hour as uncomfortable as that is, if you can learn to do that, then when you're, when you're sitting down to do a funding application or like, you know, some boring accounting your mind is not going to resist that discomfort as much. And it's all about those little tweaks at the micro level. And that's where the macro change happens. Like you change your DNA of a seed, the, the fruit, the whole system changes. So um, yeah, that's, that's really interesting. So true. Because it, like I continually see this again and again. It's like, it's always the fundamentals applied. Like 
most people who are doing well, who are succeeding or fulfilled, they tend to wake up early. They're exercising. They're like, you know, feeding their mind with nourishing ideas. They're pushing themselves. They're, they're having that non-negotiable time. Um, and I can relate to the, the most important task thing because I, I generally wake up and it's a dilemma for me of, I know I need to go gym, but I'm so excited right now to get the main task done that I kind of want to get it out of the way. Um, and the morning, yeah, you're it's, right? yeah, that, and that that's so true, and that's kind of where my my routine has shifted in the certainly in the past like two, three years. Like what I would do, I'd I'd go and I'd go to the gym and I'd I'd hit weights or something like first thing in the morning, but my mind was going and like I really wanted to use that creative energy and do something creative, so. I, when I, when I say exercise first thing in the morning, I do some sort of 15, 20 minute just to get my body moving, get like the, get the blood flowing and, and sort of get, you know, get in my body. And then, then I would do like, you know, two or three hours of, of deep creative work. And then after that, I'll go to the gym if I actually want to have a proper workout that day. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that's like, you know, that's what has worked for me in terms of like, you know, structuring my day. And let's go, let's go to the gym routine. Cause you obviously own like a supplement company. Um, I know you, uh, some of your brand ambassadors are, are like in the craziest shape ever. <laughs> oh, dude, they, put, they put me, this, they put me the shame. Like, what, what does, what does the, the co-founder of Vivo, um, life, what, what does his workout look like? What are you doing right now in the gym? <laughs> well, it looks nothing like those guys who are the ambassadors. I can tell you that for sure. Like it's, uh, for me, like exercise is, is as mental as it is physical. Um, so I've, I've messed about with a lot of programs in the past, but I've, I've kind of come to the conclusion recently that sometimes being able to go in the gym, just lift something heavy, not have to, to worry about periodization or doing some sort of um, particular um, like program that I need to follow is sometimes like the best thing for me. If I can just get in there, work up a sweat, if I can move, so I, I like to do a lot of calisthenics type movement. So the basics, push-ups, dips, pull-ups. Um, I mix that in with kind of like your your functional weight training movement. So a squat, a deadlift, um, some sort of press. And then I like to do some sort of like um, high intensity, whether it's like rower on the rowing machine or like a prowler or whatever it is. If I can kind of get those three elements in there, then I feel like I've had a good workout. But it's mm-hmm. it's it's moved back from the early days. It was very much like a oh, bodybuilding routine. I do like a, a I do chest day, then I do arm day, whatever it is. And like it's never like that. Now it's very much like full body functional movements. But they're like that's that's the fun stuff. That's the stuff that I love to do. That's awesome, man. I like one thing that I'm hearing from this conversation, I think you shared is the important, you said it earlier, like it was, I kind of wanted to, I don't know if I, if I was like a DJ, I had like, you know, that glass shattering sound of the fire. (laughs) The more headspace I have, the better my work is. And I think it's everything you've talked about so far is testament to two things. One is like, know why you're doing something so that you know what you're trying to achieve. And secondly, coming from this place of, ease because I, I really believe that ease creates and urgency destroys like when we're trying to cram in an hour workout have the protein shake immediately after so that we can have big biceps or big chest or whatever it's quite like there's a lot of pressure there but when it's coming from that space you talk about of you know I'm just trying to get my blood going I'm trying to get a bit of a sweat trying to just keep it functional get my brain activated so I can you know it can help me throughout my day rather than I'm trying to achieve a particular body type or look or something like that. 
Yeah, dude, that's so true. I really, I really like that quote. I'm going to have to steal that one. But it's, oh, know, it's, it's not from me. So that came from uh, uh, Nancy Klein and a book called Time to Think, um, which cool. is all about like, um, I, I learned it as part of my coaching training. It's all about when you are having conversations with people, especially in like a team environment as a, like as a business owner or CEO, I'm sure you can relate to this. Often in a meeting, for example, somebody will say something, but the point immediately gets diverted to a certain agenda or something else. And we, we tend to like react with, oh, I went on holiday in Spain. And um, we might say like, oh yeah, I've been there rather than how was that for you? Or, you know, <laughs> yeah. like really giving that person time to think. Um, and that, that book is all about that quote, like ease creates and urgency destroys. So if you want to empower people in your family, your workplace, um, even your friends, for example, like you mentioned, you know, if someone's going for a breakup or whatever, a really good way to do that is just to sit with them and say like, yeah, so, you know, like, what else are you thinking? Like, what, what do you feel? Like, just, just lay it all out. And I want to hear without any agenda of my own, like what you think. Um, and, it, and it really helps people to figure things out themselves. So, yeah, all credit to Nancy Klein for that. Um, yeah, I love that. I'm going to have to give that book a read. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely recommend it. I mean, there's, there's probably a lot of books that I can recommend to you because I, um, every year, try to read between 30 to 50 books um, nice. and review each one. So uh, I'm sure you can relate to this. Like, there's, I really believe like books are, especially now you've got Audible and audiobooks and stuff, they're so massively underrated because, um, you know, when I'm in the gym, for example, um, at the moment I've been testing out just not having any headphones or anything just to be present, but usually I'll be listening to an audio book. So I'm getting that, um, physical development and mental development at the same time. Yeah, I love it, man. But books have been, I honestly, I'm so grateful for the time we live in when we have access to so many great minds and so much information, um, what I've, what I've actually been doing in the past couple of years is instead of, I went through a stage where I was trying to cram as much in as possible and trying to read every single book under the sun and every recommendation I got. But in the past year or two, what I've tried to do more is actually find the books I really resonate with and master them. So instead of going from like one book to another, to another, to another, to another, I will read the book and I'll reread it and I'll highlight it and I'll stick a load of bookmarks in. And by the time I'm done with it, it looks like there's, it's, been it's been at the local nursery or something it's so scribbled <laughs> over but like i really feel that i won't really want to earn the right to to master the principles in that book before mm-hmm. even moving on to anything else absolutely like you know knowledge is the only power when you apply it so it's it's so true um what what have been some of those like totally destroyed and highlighted books like top three if uh, most influential for josh what have they been <laughs> um I love Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, I oh, love. Oh man, uh, yes. I know it's going to be a good podcast when you mention. <laughs> Please nice. continue. <laughs> yeah, dude. It even go, goes two ways. Like sometimes I say Don Miguel Ruiz, and people be like, "Who?" Or, or, or they're like, "Yes, like I love him." So I, yeah, I'm, I'm cool. You on the same page? Four Agreements like changed my life. I think it's an amazing book. I think everyone should read it. I think you, it should be like um, on the curriculum at primary school. Um, I love the mastery of love too by him. I think it, it's an amazing book and, um, it kind of comes away from, well, actually, no, it doesn't like, you know, it's, it's a book about personal development, but that, that kind of, there's so many things that overlap into, you know, your, your work career and everything like that. Cause it, it, it teaches you so relationships and about, um, 
and then things like um, some other books I love are Celestine Prophecy, um, the the Monk Who Sold His Ferrari is another really good one, um, and then there's like the classic business books, you know, like Dale Carnegie, How to Win How to Win Friends and Influence People, um, the Four Hour Work Week was another good one, like these these kind of um, the Art of Nonconformity is another good one, but I I kind of tend to tend to sort of gravitate more towards like personal development books because I feel that they spill over into my business life, but also my personal relationships, my um, you know the whole picture rather than just like the the, the work life, you know. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. Because um, if like Tony Robbins has this quote, success is eighty percent psychology and twenty percent mechanics. So I can understand. <clears throat> If if you're if you're reading Don Miguel Ruiz, and for those of you who've not heard it before, um, how do I even summarize it? But it's like ancient Toltec wisdom on self love, on um, seeing everyone for who they are. I, like one of the most beautiful ideas in that book that I love that really impacted me was it, like imagine everyone in the world had a disease and it's it, they have lesions all over their skin. And every time you try and shake their hand or you accidentally brush past them, it really causes them a lot of pain. And that, like they may get really irritated because of that pain you cause them. And he said, imagine if suddenly, you know, like you became, uh, you were totally healed of this disease and you're, you're so happy, you're so loving that you're trying to like hug people, you're trying to like, you know, high five people, but it hurts them. And sometimes inadvertently, that's what we do. We rub people the wrong way and their irritation or their anger and that reaction is not a reflection of who we are what we've done but it's more understanding like oh man like that must be really painful for you like how can i help you with that so uh, so many good ideas and i can see how um having read the book and and knowing you know quite a bit about your brand and the organization you're trying to build like how you're applying that principle or that lesson in what you do yeah, it's so funny. That was one of the things that really resonated with me too. And, and and what it taught me is that, you know, what whatever situation you face when you when you meet someone, not most of well, all of the time, if if they have a problem, if they're directing anger or um pain or upset or whatever emotion it is, they're directing at you. It's not it's never personal, it's never a result of you doing something wrong, it's never a result of, you know, you, you being a bad person or you not being likable, it's, it's always coming from the other person. So with that in mind, it, it's about meeting people where they are. It's about understanding what is going on with them. And, and then, you know, when you, when you know that, then you can, you can have empathy for that person and you can actually work with them to, to truly understand what they're doing. I think if everyone did that, then the world would just be a much better place. Oh man, so true, so true. I had um, Anna Garcia. She's a, a relationship coach and expert on uh, on the last episode, and she was talking. Like I was saying to her, you know, so often we we make other people's human moments about us, whether it's our parents or things that happen to us or breakups or whatever. And actually trying to understand that, like, it's not about you. That's what that person did. And uh, she she said like something really powerful to me, like. If you're over the age of 25, like you can't blame your parents for anything anymore. Like you're in a <laughs> nope. <laughs> Come on, like really um, look at what you can do because ultimately, um, yeah, we all go through like challenging times, um, boring days, mediocre days, happy days. But it's our responsibility to try and like meet each of those experiences with a kind of equanimity and composure. 
you can let them define you or you can you know actually use them all right that use them as a lesson but you don't they they become then they don't become your identity right so if something challenges you or, or you go through like we've all been through horrible really tough times but you can either be that person who wallows in it and uses that as their story for the rest of your life or you can start a new chapter and use that to actually okay i'm going to take a lesson from it and grow stronger and not let it define me uh, and i think really you, you meet two types of people in the world you meet the people who have had bad things happen to them and they use that as that you know that is their story everything in their life is a result of that or people that you know embrace it they they are grateful for the lessons that it taught them and, and they they move on and grow stronger and and don't let it define them as you know as a person yeah so les brown says like you can get bitter or you can get better <laughs> yep um I, 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 that was a question i actually wanted to ask like you come across as someone who really knows why they're doing things you you have this clear purpose and this great headspace um but ha- have you ever been in the opposite place where you, you're feeling lost, you're feeling stuck, you're confused? Um, what have been some of those moments for you and, and what helped you to get through that? So, yes, I have been for most of my life. Like, I, I, was, I was that person that um, had, you know, I, in a, in a way, I always felt a lot of pressure. Like I... I knew I had something to give, but I didn't know what it was. And and sometimes that that felt like a bit of a burden because I was like, oh, you know, I, I have I have this desire to succeed and this desire to do something, but I didn't I had no idea how it was going to manifest itself. So with that comes a lot of struggle, a lot of confusion. Um and uh, really it kind of in the end I just I just decided that would that would become the motivation and and the the desire to make a difference i had to pour that into something that was bigger than myself because if i was just if i was going to put that onto um you know if that was going to come from a purely selfish place it would never satisfy me because i always wanted to make an impact that was like bigger than than just me um and that was kind of like a, a big driving force behind it but yeah that there's 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 been a lot of confusing and a lot of challenging times but the the biggest advice I can give is the sooner you can get in alignment with what you truly believe in and what you um, you truly believe you know is your purpose, then things start to fall into place. You can call it you know you can call it the the power of the universe. You can call it God. You can call it fate. You can call it whatever you want. But I like I honestly believe that when you believe in something truly and you're aligned with with your purpose and your vision, that things will will become easy. Like. Mm things will fall into place for you you know relationships will appear people will come into your life at the right time um challenges will present themselves but you know that they are there to, to make you grow stronger and to learn from um and and when you have that there's i, I really think that you're invincible there's nothing you can't do definitely hey um it, it's it's something as well like I, sometimes i feel like it it makes sense when you hear it but if you're if you know for the person who's listening right now who even just feels kind of stuck or in a bit of a rut. Um, sometimes those things, it's like, yeah, that's, I get it. But then how do I apply it? And that's where, mm-hmm. um, you know, I guess there's no book out there or no podcast that can really teach you, but it's really like spending time in your own headspace and sitting down and thinking about, okay, well, you know, where, where in my life or who, I always like to think of it in three ways, like people, places, and habits. And this is in um, my inner compass course. It, like who are the people that you're around 
that awaken you or numb you? What are the places that you're in that awaken you or numb you? And what are the habits that you engage in that are exciting and energizing you or draining that energy away? And I think like if, if for people who are looking for those practical steps, those are some really good questions to, to sit down, write their answers, to journal, to meditate, to even just go surfing. You know, like I've learned some massive lessons um, getting battered by waves for two hours <laughs> and realizing like sometimes you can be in the lineup, you can be in the right place and you can practice the skills, you can do all the things, but the waves don't come or they come and they're choppy and you can't get on the board quick enough. And then sometimes, you know, you're tired, you're not feeling great, but you just catch the most perfect wave and it's awesome. And everyone sees or no one sees. And that's just like, you can't control the waves that are going to come in the ocean, but you know what you can control? You can control whether you go out to the lineup and sit on the board and whether you're waiting or not. Like that's something you can actually do. And then it's up to like, nature gravity the moon the universe like whatever you want to call it uh, i think it's an, an, an amazing analogy um and and you know at, at, the, at the at the very least like you're, you're showing up right you're you're getting out you're getting out into the ocean you're 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 paddling you're you're refining your technique and even if you go home at the end of that day and you haven't caught a single thing you, you still you know you still had a great workout you still hopefully if the sun's out got a bit of a tan like it hasn't been wasted it's just a case of actually getting getting there and actually making that first step so for the the people that are kind of you know they don't know what where, what they're doing or where they want to go like what's what's the one thing you can do tomorrow what's the one thing you can do next week like don't try and i think so many of us and myself included so many times get caught in a state of overwhelm and they're like oh i want to do everything i want to i want to build a successful business i want to have an amazing relationship i want to travel the world i want to do all of this stuff but like what's what's step one, right? Instead of looking at, at what the bigger picture is, what's step one that you can do? Okay, it may be if you if you want to um, if you want to get a better relationship, then the first thing that you may want to do is actually okay, I'm going to schedule a date night on Tuesday, and, I'm, and we're going to spend some time together. We're not going to bring our phones. We're going to go out for dinner. Um, we're really going to like actually dedicate time to to this relationship. And same with your business, same with your personal life, whatever it is. It's just finding like it's just taking that first step, and then you again you'll get the momentum from there because then you can you can move forward from that. Yeah, man, and uh, everyone loves sharing the quote on Instagram. Like a journey of a thousand miles starts a single step, but this is where is it is like it's okay to double tap the quote, but it's a different thing to actually believe and really like have that level of faith. Like, nah, let me just show up today, even if I feel resistance and I I can't be bothered. Or let me do two minutes let me do like half a workout like because that's one of the things that I've noticed um, in the people that I work with young people I work with coaching clients like friends family is the all or nothing mindset where mm -hmm. you, you either do the entire workout perfectly or you do nothing and, and we forget like you know you can go in and just do your bench press and go home like five minute workout but at least you did something and you still have momentum whereas if you're always aiming, and I've done this many, many times, um, but now my goal is always like, I just want to be the guy that always shows up to work out. Even mm -hmm. if like yesterday, ha like hands up, yesterday I had like a really rubbish workout. I didn't really hit the, you know, the, the usual um, lifts that I would, but I was there. Like I was there and I felt better. You'll never have a time where um, going and working out and you're going like, to feel bad after a workout. Like that's never going to really happen. Not at all. And, and you're building that habit too. Like if it, it's kind of, 
it goes against conventional wisdom but like you know someone would say all right if you've never trained before if you want to start getting healthy and getting fit go to the gym two or three times a week sometimes you have to be the person you have to say right i'm going to go every day because it's it's building that habit muscle it's mm. if, if you go to the gym at um 4 p.m or 5 p.m or whenever it is then you're actually it's non-negotiable whereas okay if i go three times a week then or oh, maybe i'll go tomorrow maybe i'll go the weekend yes. and, and it yeah. never gets done so sometimes it's just putting in those those um habits that are going to get you to where you want to be so if if you know if you want if you want to i don't know be more productive or um if you want to have more headspace whatever it is then your non-negotiable non-negotiable habit is to meditate for 10 minutes at the start of the day like everyone's got those 10 minutes but it's just a case of sitting down and showing up sometimes absolutely man and and that's where having that non-negotiable like already locked in it's already in your diary you don't need to think about it you don't need to just like oh, am i going gym today it's like no i i don't like i just get up put even sometimes i've done it where i go to sleep in my workout clothes and my bag is <laughs> next to my bed so when i roll out of bed and i brush my teeth it's like i right, just get in the car like don't spend any time thinking just get in the car um Commitment. i'm conscious of time and i really want to make sure that we we got some very important questions that we need to answer you know one of them right. is um are there any new flavors in the works and is there going to be a protein cookie or a protein bar coming our way soon a, a, a protein <laughs> cookie interesting um yeah so so we've actually got we've got something very exciting coming um it's it's going to launch in the next couple of weeks so by the time time this podcast airs it will probably be out um just just in just in case there are any um, last minute hiccups or things need to change i'm not going to say like what it is um but it's something something that's extremely exciting um obviously we are best known for the protein powder but we do have some like amazing other products too yeah, uh, and this is really thrive guys if you haven't already yeah that that's like i mean that's my personal favorite again that was created from a place of i want to help people um you know improve their productivity, improve their brain health, improve their immune health. And I know that most people don't have time to be taking 10, 15 different supplements every day. So we got all the good stuff. We got turmeric, glossicola, probiotics, vitamin B12, all of these things and, and whacked them all into one. But that's another product. Um, so going back to going back to this one, it's, um, it's something, yeah, it's something I'm really excited about. I've been working on it for the best part of a year. Um, and that's going to drop hopefully by the time this podcast comes out. Uh, and then in terms of like protein bars, yes, this is something we've, again, we've been working on it for like, I can hear a collective here coming from the, the bat house. Years. <laughs> we can't wait. <laughs> yeah, I was actually, I was going to say, so I, I, um, I spoke to your brother in the past too. He's, he's, he seems like a really cool guy. So, um, when you, when you mentioned he was your, your brother on the podcast, I didn't, I just made the connection. So that's really cool. Yeah. yeah you, I mean, if you look back through your orders, you'll see like massive orders. Cause generally what we tend to do is pull all of our money together and then order <laughs> like eight things in one go. Um, so I'm always hustling your customer service team for like a, a quick little discount or something. Um, oh, nice. I'm excited to hear that. Cause, uh, at the moment, um, there are some, and I don't want to mention the brands just cause I want to give them free promo, but there are some mainstream brands out there that do, um, vegan protein and cookies and all that jazz. But, I'm sure that the spin that you guys would put on it would be very different. Um, and another question we had in the group was um, your favorite smoothie recipe or your favorite high protein meal recipe. Uh-huh. Um, okay. Yeah. So like I, I have some variation of a smoothie or a smoothie bowl every day. Like I just, I think it's the, 
it's the best way to, to start your day. I think it's so easy to digest. They taste amazing. Like I, I couldn't even even when I travel, like I'm always taking my blender with me because I just can't imagine like not having them. Um, so like smoothie bowls, they change all the time. But this morning it was like what was it? it was banana, mango, frozen cherry. Uh, I get a bit weird. I always put like some sort of um, herb in there so i put coriander in there just get some greens in uh, i put some t- some turmeric in there some black pepper uh, and then i do the perform protein powder and the thrive together i normally do like the vanilla or at the moment i'm loving the banana and cinnamon too uh the the new flavor and then i'll mix that with usually the blueberry thrive um bang all that in sometimes i'll add some like medicinal mushrooms like some extra reishi or lion's mane or something like that um mix it up pour that out and then I just if, I, if I'm doing like a smoothie bowl I'll put a load of toppings on too like some granola or some berries or um some walnuts or, or whatever it is but yeah like smoothie bowls are non-negotiable for me nice nice I I have a little new recipe that um like okay when you try this caveat it's gonna look disgusting but I promise you <laughs> it tastes amazing so try it just try it out let me know email me support at geshevel.com or just at any uh, Instagram, social media, like I'm on those platforms. Let me know what you think, but here's the, here's the recipe. So you get, um, some Alpro soya yogurt or any kind of dairy free yogurt. Um, put a couple of like about hundred mil, 200 mil, depending on how big you want it to be. Then I add one scoop of the perform. And I always like to use the salted maca caramel, blend it all up with a spoon or whatever. And then I'll add some frozen mixed berries. And that is like, it tastes like, I think it tastes like cheesecake or like dessert. And I just love eating it. Um, my family sometimes see me eating and like, what, what is that cement paste thing you're eating? Um, cause it has a weird color to it, but I promise you, like it tastes so good. Um, I dash my creatine and thrive in there as well sometimes. And it just, um, sounds super awesome. But I, I, I'm with you on the smoothie front. Cause that's one of the first meals of the day I like to have is just get the protein in, uh, get work in. So I don't have to worry about food for a little while and I can just focus. Yeah, man, for for sure. And I think the I, I'm I'm one of these people that I like to eat light during the day and then have like a big big meal at night, like a big feast, get loads of my carbs in at night. But mm. in the day, like things like smoothies, smoothie bowls, like a light salad or whatever, is like so good because you know your body isn't spending all that energy digesting food. You you can prioritize that energy to like you know your brain and and your and the rest of your body and your muscles and everything. Yeah, no, I- um, and, I think this and, uh, is where like intermittent fasting and things like that also are useful. I have a friend of mine yep. who he does a mix macronutrients. Um, so he only has like protein. No, so first he has fruits, then he has proteins at lunch and he has carbs at dinner. Cause we always have a joke. Like when we eat carbs, I don't know what happens to me, but I'm just out for like, I need like a good hour to just sit and digest that sometimes. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah and and in the evening that's really nice too because like you know you signed off for the day you can you can have like a big a big bowl of like potatoes or sweet potatoes or whatever and and then you can just like just chill out you know for yeah man I, I i like it because i can actually um i don't have one i don't have to worry about cooking something because i'm in the office i just drink my smoothie um secondly i like hitting the macros early so i like getting the protein and all the good calories and then i know like that final meal, um, even if I don't have any control over it, like I have that leeway to have that extra chocolate uh, magnum or what you can tell how my diet is going right now. now. Um, I'm, set, I'm set to the theme here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a massive sweet tooth. I'm not even going to lie. Um, but yeah, it's just finding those things that work for you. So, okay, last question. Um, who's, 
whose work are you loving right now in the kind of health and vegan world or people that we should go check out? Oh, good question. Okay. So obviously like, so when, when we take ambassadors on, on board for the brand, like we really, um, we bring people on who we really believe in kind of like their philosophy when it comes to health and nutrition and, um, and mindset too. And, um, so some of our ambassadors, I definitely men- recommend checking out are people like uh, Derek Simnet. Like I think his um, his content on YouTube is like amazing. He he just preaches uh, everything that we believe in in terms of nutrition. Uh, Miles is another amazing one to follow. Healthy Crazy Cool on YouTube. He's like he everything he says it just resonates with me so much. Um, there's you know there's there's so much misinformation out there when it comes to like health and nutrition and and these boys like the two of them together are like dispelling so many myths um and just and 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 also doing it from like a non-preachy and a non-judgmental point of view you know they they promote balance they promote you know having a few treats every now and then having that magnum if you want it um and and not getting too hung up on on the numbers you know and 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 they're two guys if you're looking to improve like health they're two guys i would 100 percent recommend following Oh, they're, they're definitely two awesome. I, I've not heard of either of them, but they sound awesome. And I think um, I'm going to, I'm going to round off with like the four key things that I've learned from you today that I think everybody out there can go and apply. So the first one was like having a bigger purpose. Cause as we spoke about, you can have a passion for yourself, but when you have purpose for people and community, you're going to go further. You're going to put in the extra mile. You're going to put in the extra bit of energy. So that was lesson number one today. Uh, lesson number two you mentioned was, that said, like it sounds great, but you still got to put the grind and hustle in. You still got to make sure that you build a team. You got to make sure that you learn how to delegate. Um, be humble. Stay around smart people that teach you things. And like great work is never done alone. Lesson three I got from you, which I, I think is probably my favorite, is uh, the more headspace you have, the greater the work you can do is. So, like, really simple formula there, but whether that's surfing for you, going to the gym, walking your dog, whatever it is, create that headspace in your routine. And it links to the final lesson, which is make those things non-negotiable so that your phone is, you are unavailable to the world before 12 o'clock. And Mm -hmm. you're working on what the mission needs you to do. You're working on that purpose so that, you know, that first part of the day when you've got the energy, you've got the creativity, you're utilizing it in the most powerful way possible. So yeah, on behalf of all of the people listening, um, I want to thank you for your time. I know you're a very busy guy. Um, I really appreciate you slotting us in and, and just sharing so openly. And um, last question is just, you know, where can people find you? Um, any special discounts, codes you want to offer to the audience, all that kind of stuff. But yeah, where can people go? Yeah, so actually, I think a discount would be would be really, really good. Um, I you. I didn't actually expect to do that, but I think, yeah, I'd love to offer something to the listeners to thank you for putting up with me this, this past hour. Yeah, been, those, those four le- a good hour 15. So we've got to give them something, right? Yeah, man. Those, those four lessons, you made me sound so much wiser than I was. So if, if they can, even, even to, if they just fast forward to those last four, then hopefully they get something out of it. Um, can I, do, can I, can we whack something in the show notes? I'll make up like a special yeah, yeah, discount. Definitely. I'll drop um, it in the description. I'll drop cool, it. Man. Yeah. We do, we do 20% off for all the listeners. So um, oh, I'll, wow. whack that. I'll put that in the show notes. You can, you um, can expect an order for the bat household coming in then. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect, man. Um, yes. And then in terms of, so like social media, I'm, I'm a massive hermit when it comes to social media. Like I, d- I, I don't do it from a personal point of view just because yeah, it was hard to research you for this episode. 
Oh yeah, like I'm 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 a ghost. I was so. looking on company check trying to find that. <laughs> Where who is he? <laughs> yeah, like I I like I I just I like to have that um just just that life away from the internet, you know. Um, yeah, but man. like it, I I'd say go check, check out Viva Life um, we're on Instagram facebook uh so i'd say subscribe to our newsletter too like that's where i put a lot of my like creative energy i like to to write emails and um you know write blog posts and stuff so that's where you'll hear from me a lot um yeah and and uh that's that's about it awesome so thanks everyone for listening thank you josh for being on this episode for sharing those amazing lessons the discount code um i have something to offer you all as well so if you want to find out more about your personality type and where you are, whether you're a shipwrecked castaway, a dabbler or a master, I have a free quiz you can check out at keshavbat.com forward slash quiz. But other than that, like my final message to everyone, this is my philosophy, is absorb what's useful, discard the stuff that isn't and add what is uniquely and truly your own. This was Keshavbat and Josh Bolding. Thank you so much for listening and tune in next time for the next episode of the Lost in Life podcast. Peace. <laughs>